Hey guys, welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. We got a good one lined up for you today. But before we get started, we got to recognize our sponsors. You know, we got a lot of friends in this business, a lot of folks in the firearms industry, a lot of folks in the clothing industry and all that great stuff. Um, and they make this podcast totally possible. So I want to just jump right into this because I know you're anxious to hear who we got on board. And the first sponsor I'm going to recommend you guys pay attention to and hopefully visit and you know, buy from is Sig Sauer. Guys, Sig Sauer and the Sig Sauer Academy, what can I say? I grew up in New England. I traveled to the Sig Sauer Academy all the time. I carried SIGs all over the place. I carried a 220 10 mil in Alaska. Um, I carried a 226 for a while in my early 20s. And uh, currently I'm going back and forth between a 320 X carry full size and a P365 that started off its life as a standard P365 with like a 10 and a 12 round mag. Now it's the XL grip. And my buddy Cav uh, recently hooked me up with an XL slide. So the 365, I swear to God, is one of those guns that like you just need to have at least one. Same thing with the 320 because you can modify it pretty much to whatever you want. Um, and now I got word that I might be even get my hands on one of those 10 mils, which is pretty sick. I love the 10 millimeter. It's one of those rounds that has all the millimeters. And if you can find some of the original hot rounds that are loaded to the original specs, mother of God, that is a potent black bear dangerous game round. So guys, please check out Sig Sauer. Please check out the Sig Sauer Academy. When you go up there, take a look at the new Sig Experience Center. It should be opening up. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy everything about that whole experience. Uh, please stay at the Exeter Inn if you go up there and check out Goody Coles. Those are my two recommendations for a place to stay and a place to eat if you go up there. Second company I want to bring your attention to are the good folks over at Black Rifle Coffee. And if you use the coupon code CRAFT15, that'll get you uh, a discount when you check out. Certain things aren't going to be on that discount. It is what it is. Um, but you will find that it's going to work with uh, a lot of the ground coffees and a lot of the instant coffees and things like that. Evan and the guys over in Salt Lake City, they've hosted us a bunch of times. We've hosted them. I mean, on our Sprinter van, if you guys ever see us on the road, big green Mercedes van with Black Rifle Coffee on the side, honk at us, wave at us, don't wave anything at us. And if you find us at a gas station, see if we have any of those ready to drink cans, which we probably do. And we'll give you one. So please use that coupon code CRAFT15 and that will get you a discount when you check out at Black Rifle Coffee. And uh, if you guys haven't tried our new Fieldcraft Endurance Blend, please do so. I mean, right now, Shackleton is so hot, right? I mean, that's what everyone is talking about, the whole Shackleton uh, endurance ship being found and being preserved all those years. Well, drink a cup of coffee, read up on it. It's an awesome story, and it's even better coffee. All right, guys, <clears throat> like I said, I'm not going to waste too much of your time here. Please check out our good friends over at Sig Sauer and Black Rifle Coffee, and let's give this podcast a listen. Here we go. Welcome back to the Field Cross Arrival podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm here with Mr. Sean Kirkwood. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> Been a long time. No, it hasn't. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to talk. So for those of you who don't know, Sean and I are here in North Carolina. We run all the training for Fieldcraft. 
Sean does all the tactical stuff, all the cool guy stuff, right? Very all cool. the ninja skills, like throwing ninja stars and stuff like that, right? Uh, Don't pistol, talk about that. <laughs> pistol, carbine, long gun, um, some police training and stuff like that. And it's expanding. And I, I do all the uh, med training, survival training, personal security, trying to branch into communications now and a bunch of other stuff. But we're going to chat today about scenario training because... It's something we did throughout our careers in the military and special operations, and it's something we do for the personal security course. We, we run scenario drills where we put you in, in a situation and force you to make decisions. And uh, it's, it's an extremely effective training tool when it's done correctly. Yeah, that's, that's the thing where people get it wrong. That's where yeah. they get it wrong. They try to mm -hmm. halfway it. Yeah. Um, and they just don't, all the little things matter in scenario-based mm -hmm. training. You know, you have to create an environment uh, and then insert, uh, you know, training um, standards within there that people got to perform mm -hmm. with all the environment interacting. Because the environment's always going to interact with you, whatever you're doing. Yeah, it's like a chaotic one or a calm one or, a, mm. you know, whatever. It's going to interact with your abilities. Yeah, it's all the little things. Like you could say, okay, we're going to do a scenario where you're in a vehicle and you get carjacked. We're going to put two chairs in the middle of the classroom right here. And I, I want you to imagine you're in a car and it yeah. just doesn't work. It does. Right? You got to be in a car. You got to get all the props and you got to make things work. Right. So, as part of special operations training, it's all changed now, but we went through the qualification course. And uh, one of the last things we did, we went into an exercise called Robin Sage. And, and th this has not changed. It's still standardized now. And it's been going on since the 50s here in uh, North Carolina. And basically what happens is you've gone through the Q course, you've learned all your skills, and then they take you and they insert you into a fictional country that's... Uh, having political problems and, and you go in with, with 11 other guys as a special forces ODA and you train an indigenous force to kind of uh, resist against the government, right? Yeah. Um, conduct guerrilla warfare, conduct operations, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's what would happen over a, a longer period of time, but it's compressed into like two weeks, 10 days, something like that. Yeah. So you do a train up for it and it's all about building rapport and it, it, there's a lot of lessons learned and it's actually something that, works very very well but it's all over this area in north carolina like you'll, you'll see signs up all the time and yeah you, you know training exercises. well there's whole families that they've done it for generations mm -hmm. you know, they, yeah. that they've been role players and it's most of it's volunteer i mean it's yeah. a big apparatus yeah I mean, it, it's you know half the state of north carolina is involved at some point it is know? yeah I mean, it's 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 definitely a great event that takes a lot of time and energy to put all those pieces together mm -hmm. and to create that scenario because i remember jumping into robin sage we jumped in not everybody jumped mm -hmm. some teams got picked to jump in some rode the back of trucks it just depended but we jumped in and i mean i tell you the first type things you do you you can really kind of get into it because it's all phased out it's all yeah you know the thing about scenario training is you get into it what you get out of it what you put in right Absolutely. the more you buy in that you're actually there the more you you'll, you'll get from the training so what year did you go through 1998 yeah yeah um and and you know it's obviously evolved over time but we you know i'm sure it was the same i went through in 2002 or 2003 mm. um but it's the same kind of thing. And I often I often thought like, you know, I did a SWIC tour as you did, right? Yeah. Um, but I often thought if I didn't go to work at Sniper School at Range 37, I would have liked to have been a Robin Sage instructor. I just think it's a way to kind of be unconventional and to... Uh, the thing I loved about the Robin Sage exercise was 
in contrast to most of the Q course, they let you be an adult and they let you yeah. make decisions. And, and Well, and there's no textbook answer. No. I mean, that's the thing about scenario-based training. That's great. Like any other situation you get in, there, like... Like you could tell somebody, hey, you're gonna you're about to be involved in a shooting, and if you do these six six things, you're gonna yeah. be successful. It just doesn't work like no. that. And it's the same out in Robin Sage. It's a scenario, so everybody's got inputs. The the role players, the 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 people around it, you, mm -hmm. everything has an input. So there is no necessarily like a textbook right answer. It's mm -hmm. basically, hey, here's what you got to get done. Do you get it done or do you not get it done? Right. I mean that that's the key. Mm -hmm. And understanding what the dynamics are. You know, people. Like I have a great uh, story, like the first meeting we went in, right? I was uh, I was just a, uh, I wasn't in a leadership position, but mm. that it's hard for me to keep that down in me. <laughs> no. So yeah, I know, I know it's, it's weird, but um, I wasn't in a leadership position, but uh, the guy that was, we go into this meeting and they take us in, they put, you know, the top three people go in there and I would happen to be one of the guys going in the meeting and the the guy in charge, the, the, uh, the captain at the time was having this meeting with this guerrilla leader, right? And he was right off the bat, did not like us, mm. did not like Americans, was really mm. just like letting us have it about all kinds of different stuff. And this guy basically talked himself into a corner where uh, the guy was pulling his men in like they were going to like execute him. That was mm. part of the scenario. They were going to kill him. Mm. And I was just like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I ended up just like jumping in and starting to talk, you know, and I uh, kind of basically talking this role player back who did a really good job, whoever the G chief was, uh, you know, he had a guy come up and put a gun next to my head, and he says, the next thing you say to me better be right or my guy's going to blow your head off. And I'll tell you what, I knew I probably wasn't going to die there. Yeah. But I, my adrenaline was up, man. Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about what I was going to say to make sure that we were going to – the mm -hmm. mission was going to continue. So I had to basically convince this guy that, hey, we're there for a reason. We're not we're – not, we're here to help you kind of thing mm -hmm. and convince him that we were going to be value-added. Yeah. Um, and I think I had to argue him out of like taking our weapon. Like they wanted to take all our weapons from us or mm -hmm. something like that. And I had to argue him down from that in, mm -hmm. in a tactful way. But that that teaches you a lot. And without that scenario built around it, mm. you know, it, it wouldn't have been as effective. Well, you, you could go into a classroom and go, hey, if this happens, you should do this. But it's yeah, not the same. It you don't get no. So you, you do some vignettes before you actually infill into the Robin Sage exercise. And yeah. You maybe remember one. So I was in E6 in the infantry going through Robin Sage. Yeah. And I was pretty experienced guy, right? Yeah. So I wasn't buying into some of this stuff. <laughs> so me and the captain went to meet the G chief. And there was a lesson here, I guess, but they were like, okay, he's in that building. Leave your weapons here and go in. And I'm like, no. The captain was putting his weapon. I'm like, no, we're not leaving our weapons. <laughs> yeah. And they started getting mad. Leave your weapons. Leave. And I'm like, stop, not leaving our weapons. Oh boy, goes for his gun. I smoke him. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, G Chief comes running out. Boom, boom, boom. Shoot him, dude, oh, right? And you like, lost report. Well, well, here's the thing, right? Fast forward 10, 15 years, and we have insider attacks and it going on. Like, to me, I was like, and I was arguing. They were like, you should. I'm like, no. I was adamant. Yeah. Not going to happen. Not going to put my weapon down and go into it. I just was arguing that I was right, yeah. you know? And it's a training Well, exercise. and that's the best thing about scenario based training is like, it, you, let's just say, I I'm on the side that you made the wrong decision. You shouldn't mm -hmm. have killed those. You shouldn't have did that. Yeah. You could still, there's, there's learning points there. Yeah. And okay. Well, why? Well, why? What, yeah. what, what second and third order effects did this, mm -hmm. this have? I would have never figured that out. Yeah. If we wouldn't went through it. Now, the other side of that is, Hey, give me your weapons. And now you got to, 
orange mm. jumpsuit and a hood on your head yeah. and yeah. you're on Al Jazeera. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there's there's a learning point. No matter which way, choose your own adventure kind of training yeah. it is, you can pull learning points out And of the it. best scenario training has consequences to whatever road you yeah. take, right? You want to go that way, then this will happen. Like there's no, there's a loose script, but it's very yeah. flexible inside that script, depending on, we did another one that I, I wasn't the, the guy making a bad decision on this one, but we did another one where we had to come in and it was just a teaching point, right? It was about cultural awareness. They took us up to uh, meet with the G chief, right? And as we walked up there, there's like six or eight of us, um, there was some pattern drawn on the ground, right? In the dirt, right? And it was some pattern, but you could tell it was actually a pattern. So we go in there and we're talking and talking. And as you put eight special forces candidate students in there, somebody has a dip in. Yeah. And somebody's going to spit on their cultural thing oh, on the ground. <laughs> and they it. Oh, they lost it, man. But it was a great point, They right? do that on purpose. And something that's completely, well, still disgusting in America, right? Dipping and spitting on the ground. Yeah. However, in another country, man, you better be aware of what you're doing because yeah. you can catastrophic loss of rapport for the simplest things, right? Yeah. So again, a teaching point that I remember now, 25 years later or whatever it was, right? The um, But if you'd have told me that in the class, I wouldn't have freaking remembered, no. right? No. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you got to have some skin in the game. And a lot yeah. of times, like even in like Robin Sage, uh, the skin in the game might be like they have all your food mm -hmm. and you better you better make friends with these people or, mm -hmm. or, or you know, you got to figure out a way to get your food back or something. So you got to mm -hmm. learn that. I got to negotiate. You got to, or you need to get in, you need to get these people to work with you against yeah. a common enemy, but they hate your guts. Yeah. Which, yeah. oh, that happens all the time. I mean, we've all done it for 20 years over in a lot of different places. So, <laughs> and, and you know, and the, uh, you know, the, the wavering loyalty that happens all mm -hmm. the time, you know, I mean, so. It's a great experience to get mm -hmm. your mind activated. And if you if you put your your mind in a scenario-based training, and the longer you can extend that out, like if it's a five-minute scenario, not as effective mm -hmm. as a five-hour scenario yeah, or even mm -hmm. a 15-minute scenario. So the longer you can draw that out into a training environment, the more lessons you're going to learn and the longer you can stay in role and into that scenario, the more lessons you're going to pick up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's as much on the instructor as it is on the student. It is. It's yeah. got to be a, it's got to be a joint agreement that we're all going to stay in this scenario and just ride it out. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about your info in Robin Sage. My info in Robin Sage. Well, we jumped in. Static uh, line. A static jumped. line mm -hmm. out of a C-130. pound ruck. Yeah. A big heavy ruck. Mm -hmm. And I had a law rocket launcher. I had one too. Fake one attached to my ruck, mm -hmm. which came out of my ruck somehow when I exfilled and it smacked me right in the face. Nice. It made a big gash in my lip. Um, it was horrible. But we landed on the ground and then we had to go link up uh, with the with the ground force. Of course, ground force wasn't where they were supposed to be or the, mm -hmm. the guy, the, the, the guy. Yeah. So we had to wander around and find him. And then we got yelled at for being late stupid americans late <laughs> late on your first day kind of stuff they were all over us and like the first little bit of that we were never we weren't they weren't happy to see us yeah. let's just say that yeah. uh you know did a lot a long movement in circles mm -hmm. through the swamp and moving all around and what's funny is they got like a, our guide was like a the kid looked like he was about 12, but he yeah. might've been 16, yeah. but he was just one of the kids that lives out in the area mm -hmm. and his family's there. So he comes up to us and he's all in roll, man. He's yeah. like, you know, yeah. North yep. Carolina boy is saying, all right, y'all follow me. You know, we're, we're yeah. moving. And They're in Pineland. Pine uh, it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty interesting, but we moved like all night. 
Yeah. And they, they do that on, if you look back on it, they do it on purpose. They want to get you wore out. They want to mm-hmm. get you tired. And you're used to being in control. Yeah. And all of a sudden you fall into this place and we're all barrel chested. Freedom fighters like to be in charge of stuff. And some 15 year old kids lead me through the swamp. Yeah. For all hours and night, and then I go to this other place where I'm supposed to talk to another person who hates me, mm-hmm. and I'm tired and I'm miserable and I'm pissed off, and mm-hmm. I'm still not in charge of anything. And I'm like, wait, well, I thought you were going to welcome me with open arms. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's a great learning experience, yeah. but it was a long night. Yeah, we were supposed to jump in, and uh, thank goodness it was raining or crappy weather, so they're like, no, we're not going to jump. And I was like, oh, thank God, yeah, because I don't want to jump at this hundred. Which hopefully people understand are listening to this and never been in a unit that jumps. They yeah. realize that when a jump gets canceled, yeah, ninety nine percent of the people are like, yeah. thank God, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to go through that, <laughs> especially when you've got a, a a rucksack strapped to you that yeah. weighs more than you do. You know, yeah. Um, and we had a lot of gear. I had a Law sixty six you know, dummy one strapped to the top of my rug too. Yeah. You know how I remember that is because, uh, so we walked in, we walked for like 24 hours. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. And my rug was 120 pounds or something. And I was probably 160 pounds. You yeah. Know? Um, but I had law 66 in the back of my rucksack and I'll never forget it because you know, those big, uh, it was some sort of big tank that held like a big metal tank that for, for agriculture or something it had in it. And I know it was metal because when I was walking past it, that law cranked on the side of it and it was so loud. I was like, oh my God. You know, you're trying to be all stealthy, you know. Yeah, trying to be but, a ninja. Yeah. And then again, you know, you meet this other guy and then he meets this other guy. And eventually we got into the G base, right? And then the G chief, who was a, a special forces guy in Vietnam, you know, retired guy. Yeah. He was awesome, but he started interrogating us all one at a time. And, and we were laughing at this because we did the AR at the end. And he was like, where are you from? You have an accent, you know? And I was like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I, I'm from North Carolina. He's like, no, where did you grow up? And I was like, damn, Ireland. <gasps> are you in the IRA? And I was like, not everybody in, uh, not everybody in Ireland is in the fucking IRA. Like I'm detonated yeah. on him. Like he was laughing at me. But he said, like he went behind me when he was interrogating me. He said he couldn't walk in front of me because he was laughing so much. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Yeah, you, you don't know. know yeah. Well, and that's the benefit of it. I mean, you, you, this whole scenario, it, it's not, it's not accidental and it's not haphazard. It's planned. And yeah. for people that are given scenario-based training, it, it's a skill to give good scenario-based training. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that gives good scenario-based training is, is worth its weight in gold because mm-hmm. I really think you get a lot more learning points out of that than you do just that. It's all – you got to do it all together. Yeah. But different types of training for different types of environments. But the more you can get into that, mm-hmm. it's like SEER school. It's all scenario-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pretty much know you're in North Carolina. You're not really – going to get captured. Yep. Uh, but when you're in that situation, mm-hmm. you feel it. You almost fool yourself into believing you're there, you yeah. know? Yeah. So when, when I went into Robin Sage, I was a fairly senior E6 in the infantry mm-hmm. and uh, actually made E7 on the Q course. But so I was the team sergeant like the whole time. And we made, and we had a fairly good team. Um, we had a couple of more junior NCOs and we had a couple of OK officers, but we had a, we had a fairly strong team overall. But there was a, another team within... That a guy I, I got to know in the Q course who was a Navy diver, he went the selection for, for uh, Delta Force and passed and went through all the training. So they're like, we have to get you an Army MOS. So they sent him to the Q course. Yeah, so he didn't have to go to the selection. Yeah. So he was on in Robin Sage with me. And the guy, he wasn't very experienced in infantry tactics, but he was a rock star. Like, yeah. and, uh, but he was on a different team. And he was making all the decisions and doing everything and the officers weren't doing anything. So they put him out on an observation post and they snatched him in the middle of the night and they put him in with us and left him with us for the rest of the exercise. Oh, wow. Well, we figured out he had all their money 
You know what I mean? All this good, so you have all this fake currency yeah. that you have to use at the black market and buy stuff and all that. He's like, I have all, I can't imagine how that team survived, oh, you know? Man. But he had all their money. I'm like, give me that. I was like, nobody says anything, right? <laughs> so the whole way through the exercise, we were a step ahead of the cadre because they would ask me, how much money do you have left? And I'd be like, I'd give them our official number, but I had all this money in, in, in the background, yeah. right? So they would be, like, we'd get up in the morning and they'd be... Um, uh, or we, we'd go to the black market and we'd have to buy food, right? Uh-huh. And the scenario was you didn't have any money left. So you had to trade like explosives for food. And then that, that leads into a bomb being used against you later on and all that. Yeah. And they were like, oh, 10 cases MREs, 10,000 done. I'm like, there you go. Boom. Load them in the like, truck. And they're big like, money. They're like, what the hell's going on? You know? <laughs> but the cadre were like, you guys were a step ahead of us the whole time. We, we built rapport with the gorillas that were there yeah. that we were training. And they were like, hey, you're going to get blown out of the GBS t- t- tonight or tomorrow morning. So that night, me and four other guys, that kind of guy and, and two other guys, we get up in the middle of the night. We had tons of MREs. But when we get blown out of the GBS, we weren't able yeah, to take you, anything you with take us. take all of it because you had to run. So we we loaded up four duffel bags full of MREs. We took them like a, a kilometer out of the GBS and buried okay. them. So the next morning when we get attacked... We did this tactical withdrawal under fire and we barely get out with our rucksacks and we had to move like 10K to another yeah. G base and set up. And the whole scenario the next morning was the gorillas weren't going to fight because we didn't have any food for them. So that night without telling the cat, we walked all the way back, got those got four things doubles. back. So the next morning they're like, we want food. I'm like, there you go. Line there up. Go. Who's next? Line up. <laughs> yeah. And what's But good? they allowed you to think outside the box. That's the yeah. key to it is mm-hmm. because, you know, some people would say that the training event was blown because, you know, the out four told you what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But guess what? You guys reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And it still turns into a real world scenario. If that happened for real. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's all about the decision making. Yeah. A lot of people try to put, well, that would never happen in the real world. It doesn't matter what would really yeah. happen. And one, the person who always says that, I want to know, well, what real world are you living in? Maybe, maybe it does happen. I've heard a lot of things that would never happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told one time I would never be allowed to do a sniper hide in an urban environment. Nobody would ever authorize it. Well, yeah. guess what? Happened a lot. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the circumstances that are going on. And you can never say never. Mm. And uh, But even with all that going on, you, were, you, you gathered some information. You made a decision to act on mm-hmm. it. You acted on it. You did it in a tactical way. You thought second, third order effects and how you could affect your life. Mm-hmm. And you made decisions based on that. And it was all within that scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it, it just kind of, it, it almost takes on a life of its own, especially yeah. Robin Sage. That's why it's such a great, great scenario because yeah. it, it no matter what happens, it always has another choose your own adventure route that you can go yeah. on. Yeah. And good cadre will let you do that. They'll let yeah. you go down that road and go, good for you for thinking outside the box, yeah. right? That they um, and, and it does take a certain type of cadre that's not super conventional minded. It was like, yeah. oh, we wanted this to happen, right? But yeah. you sort of you were supposed it. to say this, yes. not this. Yeah. Well, wait yeah. a minute. You're if you're if you're a good instructor, no mm-hmm. matter what they say or do, you're able to react to it and you're yeah. able to set the situation up. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the whole unconventional thing, I'm always it's always amazed me. Like regular army and special forces is they always want you to be unconventional, but there's a lot of times they never let you train to be unconventional. Mm. There's always all these parameters on you, and there's always, yeah. well, okay, well, index, index. No, you can't do that. Yeah. You got to do this. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. I remember being a squad leader in Germany when I when I was uh, in infantry, and we, we got out to a training exercise, and the, the, before I got there, the, the, 
the squad members, like you do this live fire maneuver thing. Remember you throw a grenade in the bunker and yeah, then you hit yeah. the trench line and the torcillas gas at you, but you know, targets would pop up and, and all, all my soldiers would be like, are we allowed to shoot that way? Cause they were so, yeah. had the mindset of like range fans and all this. And yeah. we got back, I was like, if a target pops up, you fucking shoot it. Yeah. And if it's in the wrong place, it's their fault for yeah. putting it in the wrong place. Yeah. You shoot any target yeah. you see. And if they don't yeah. know how to zone a damn range, that's on them. There, you know? was, there was a good event like that at the sniper comp. I don't know if you were there to see it, but they, they had uh, mechanical targets, a company called Marathon, Marathon Targets. Yeah. Well, they got a vehicle now. I saw it, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but the, one of the scenarios uh, was one of the teams was up there and the vehicle's like down behind the hill, has headlights and everything, but a vehicle starts driving up the range. Mm -hmm. One of the team was up there trying to shoot and the vehicle starts driving up the range and they stopped training. They were like, hey, that guy's <laughs> in the wrong spot. Does he know he's driving on a range? That's but that awesome. was part of the scenario because if it got yeah, to a certain point, it would be a vehicle born like ID. ID. Yeah. But, but again, what not into the scenario that yeah. you got it that's the scenario but mm -hmm. your training and you know peacetime kind of back home with the range mentality kind of yeah. your brain kicks in and goes there's just something not right here yeah and so they stopped doing what they were doing right there yeah that, but that that's funny man that's yeah. it's kind of that yeah. that'll show you how you can get your if you're into it you're into it you yes. know but you're yep. right if, if the target's mm -hmm. in the wrong place it's in the wrong place in a, yeah. yeah not your problem right yep, not the, your uh, problem. yeah whoever's on the range um i yeah i love so so we what we do now for Sonari Train, we do personal security, which has, um, it, ha it it teaches the law, it teaches mindset, it teaches yeah. firearms, but then it puts students in scenarios where, you know, you're getting asked for money at the gas pump, right? Or somebody broke into your house, or there's a home invasion, there's a bunch of different scenarios and you have to act accordingly. And we use some munitions for, for uh, you know, to, to get that reaction. And it's funny because people will go through the scenario and then right after it, we'd be talking to them and their heart will be pumping and they, yeah. won't, they won't remember what was said. And they're like, oh my yeah. God, my heart's pumping. And it's just a scenario, but you can buy in and you can fool yourself into believing it's, it's real to a certain point. And that's when you get the best training from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love that. And so um, kind of leads us on to breakout. Um, if only we had a way to put people into like a five-day scenario. Five-day scenario. That'd be a great idea. So uh, we, we ran Breakout last year in Utah, which we actually brought you out to be yeah. a guest instructor. Yes. And you were a bad guy, but uh, spoiler alert. But Breakout is basically, it's a, it's a five-day scenario-based training event where there's still training involved, right? You're getting this training, that training, but it's for a reason. It's, yeah. I, I'm not talking, talk specifically about the one coming up, but the one last year, you're basically getting an aid worker in a foreign country and there'd been a coup and you were trapped and the government was cracking down, the police force and those militia units and all that. And that's why you weren't armed. And, and basically there was a local kind of militia unit that was going to try to move you to the border. Yeah. Now, in order to do that, we had to train you on land navigation, on survival, on, you know, vehicle dynamics and breaking out of vehicle and shooting and um, all these different things. And then throughout the week, trying to get to that border crossing and get you across the border safely, we ended up, you know, hitting houses and doing all kinds of other stuff, right? So um, immensely successful yeah. uh, course and uh, complete buy-in from the students, man. They absolutely loved it. Most of the time, there was a few times when they were like, what am I doing? <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, to, to challenge yourself and to push yourself and put you in that scenario, you're still getting all the courses and all the training that, that you know, we, we have the skills to provide, but you're doing it in that scenario kind of uh, fictional world. 
Yeah. So the one coming up in September is going to be like that. It's going to be a five-day training exercise where you will be in a fictional world. And within that fictional world, you will get a ton of training, but you'll get it in that um, scenario-based world where you'll yeah. never come out. Like when I did this first, I did it a couple of years ago the first time, and we did like three days of, of kind of very classroom training because my mindset was I want you, I want you well-rested, I want you to learn. Mm -hmm. And then we infill them for like 24 hours, and then we come out, right? And then people were in the AR were like, we want to stay in the scenario longer. So now you're in the scenario the whole yeah. week, and we will not come out unless there's yeah. an emergency. And I really think yeah, you're going to get more out of that. Yes. And, and, but, it, mm -hmm. you know, it's a difficult thing to do. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's mentally draining. Mm -hmm. um, it's physical. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some physicality it to mm -hmm. it, um, but it's a great experience at the end of it. Now, are we trying to create you with a scenario to be like, okay, when you know when the United States you know goes under, we're mm -hmm. going to have to do it? No, that's not what we're saying. No. What we're saying is we're going to put you in an environment and situations where you are forced to use the skills that we've taught you. Yes, under some form of duress. Now, yeah. duress may be. I'm sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. The rest may be I'm hungry or I'm mm -hmm. tired because I've been moving for a period of time or I have lack of information. Like, hey, you need to go do this, but you don't really have a lot of information. Yeah. One thing about Americans with a cell phone, and probably most people, is when you have a lack of information, yeah. that's like wielding a club. Yeah. It's like you could beat somebody to death with not, <laughs> without giving them enough information because Americans are crazy about it because they can Google it right yes. there. They can look on their phone. Mm -hmm. You know, you take all that away from me and you got to kind of make a decision yeah. and, and think mm -hmm. through it all. I mean, that, yeah. that's a stress on its own. And then you, you throw a little bit of sleep deprivation in yeah. there. You yeah. throw a little bit of lack of control in there. And you, you, if you want to test yourself, that, that yeah. no, it's going to be done safe. You're not going to get hurt. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to get a lot. Do you remember? I don't know. You remember last year? One of the, we we were doing this observation thing. We're not giving everything away, but the guy was on a on a spotting scope trying to spot something. Yeah. And he was like, "There's a car out there." And he was like, "There's a vehicle," and there's a vehicle behind him, and it was reflecting. <laughs> it was reflecting in the eyepiece, and because he was so tired, yeah, he was looking at the reflection of the eyepiece with the vehicle yeah. behind. He was like, "There's a vehicle out there." Yeah, it's hilarious. amazing, but yeah. just a little bit of sleep deprivation yeah. gets you. So, or if um, you gotta like navigate to a point because that's where your food is. Yeah. I think you're going to be pretty motivated about your navigation. Yeah. You're probably going to hope you listen to the class. Yes. Because otherwise you might not eat. You yeah, know, I mean, there's exactly all those things like that you can't recreate in a classroom. No, you can't. You can't. And, and, and there has it. to be consequences to decisions, good decisions and bad decisions, yeah. right? You make good decisions, things get a little easier. You make bad decisions, mm, maybe yeah. it's a little more difficult, you yeah. know? So we are <laughs> experts at running this training. We've yeah. been on both sides of it for a very long time. And um, it, it's going, we only do one of these a year. And this year it's going to be over here in the East. And it has a, a complete theme and it has that whole aesthetic and there's going to be a whole country built around this. It's a fictional country, but hey, if you're looking to be challenged and get immersed and get a ton of training in, in a five-day period, then this is the course for you. It's not posted yet, but it's going to be called Breakout East and it will be posted fairly soon and it, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be i think you're gonna be a bad guy again sean what again i think you have I'm such a nice guy do i have that look about me or something <laughs> i gotta be a bad guy i, I will only uh, say that oh, you man. scared to be jesus out of them last time what it's all rumor <laughs> control that's rumors never happened i i, I don't want, i don't want to give away any secrets but i called you the spider last time and you were like why did you cry because i'm so tall <laughs> you're like why did you call me the spider i was like because it sounds scary it does it does <laughs> 
All right, cool, man. Um, looking forward to it. Keep an eye out on the website and we'll do content leading up to it. I'm not going to get, that's the last thing. We're not going to give you all the answers. We're not going to give you the whole scenario. Yeah. There's absolute benefit to going into something blind. You you learn better, right? Yeah. I could tell you, oh, this is going to happen. I'll give you the whole five-day schedule. I mean, we're going to give you a packing list and a very general outline, but... Um, you just wouldn't get enough from it. It's a little yeah. bit of a leap of faith, but if you've trained with this company before, you know that you will absolutely get your money's word and You'll then some. And then some. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so we we will leak a little bit of information leading up to it, but we're not going to give it all yeah. away. Um, and life doesn't come with a manual, man. No, it you doesn't. figure it out in a live fire. Yeah. That's yep. how it works. <laughs> it does, yeah. Uh, breakout ice coming soon, okay? Um, the... Okay, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm good. Cool. Until the next time, stay alert, stay alive. Mm -hmm.